everyone to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, John McDonald, that is me, and as always, my very good friend, Kyra Morrison. How are you doing, good sir? I'm doing pretty good, Joel. It's uh, it's coming in pretty warm, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm enjoying the sunlight when I get to see it outside of work for like a handful of minutes between playing video games in the morning, going outside to go to work, and then going to work and coming out and the sun's like, nah, mate, I'm done. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm the same. It's pretty, yeah, enjoying it while I can. So, um, yes, especially considering I'm about to jet off to like cold weather again in two weeks' time. So, it'll be it'll be worth it. You'll enjoy that cold weather, oh, and then you'll come back yeah. here, and it'll be like forty degrees, and you'll miss it. And I'll just melt. Yeah, I'll get off yep. the plane and just I'll be a puddle, just be uh, a big old puddle. I mean, that's. That's about Australian summer for you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a pretty good week this week. I mean, <laughs> okay, no, it hasn't been. <laughs> I, like, no, I, I meant in general in, in my oh. life, it's been pretty good. Okay, yes. Yeah. In in the video games world, not so much, which you'll find out very shortly about that. Oh boy, um, it's a dark yeah, one, darkest week oh. yet, probably. Yeah, it is the darkest timeline. Uh, this is the darkest timeline now. We are there. Yeah. We have transitioned into it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I had a really good D and D session on Monday night. It was fun. We uh, we had some really cool character development stuff. The last two sessions we've had have been really, really interesting and really fun. Um, but yeah, we're, we're on the cusp now of uh, of packs and Super Mario Odyssey. It's just it's Thor Ragnarok. Like this time next week, all those things will be happening basically. So this time next week, I'll be I'll be down. In, yeah, in yeah. We might be. We haven't done a podcast in the same room for a while. It's true, we haven't. It's been a while. But it'd be good. Good to get back in the same room together. Um, but yeah, uh, we should probably get into uh what we've been talking about, considering we are a video games news and talking podcast. I don't know. I tried to describe uh, ourselves then, and I did a really bad eloquently job Eloquently put, Joel. Eloquently yeah, uh, put. I have a way of, with words and shit. Um, you English well. I do. I, do, I speak words good in a, <laughs> like that Rooster Teeth shirt. Um, no, I do words good. Um, yeah, I do. I do words good. I do words good. Um, cool. All right. So let's, uh, we should talk about what we've been playing this week, Karen. I think we should. Um, yes. Uh, well, I haven't played much of the one that I've played, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in first and uh, take the reins with uh, what I've been playing because uh, I finished Steam World Dig Two. It's very good. Uh, when I finished it, I only discovered I think my percentage was like fifty one percent of secrets. So Are you casual, yeah, I know, right? It's um, I just sort of like I sort of like tripped into the ending. I was like, oh, okay, this is the end of the game. All right, well, I guess I'm doing this now. Um, but it does save like right before the final like boss fight encounter thing, so you oh, can go around okay. and fix it up. That's good. I was going to say I don't like it when games don't give you fair heads up. Like that's sort of why I like. There's a couple of JRPGs in particular. I'm thinking mostly of Kingdom Hearts two. There's this particular point where it's like, by the way, when you go through this door, like that's a point of no return. So yeah. make sure you got to save a save spot ready to go. I'm like, oh, thanks, thanks for the heads up because. I do get anxiety about that sometimes. It's oh, even yeah. if it's something as simple as like I hit a fork in the road. I'm like, I want to see this entire game. Yeah. Which of these two paths will progress the story and move me away from this point? Just tell me, please. I want to know. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, it's 
it's pretty well telegraphed. I, I think it was just me going, I wanted there to be more because I was really enjoying the game. Yeah. I think that might have been the case. Like, um, And I was sort of hoping there'd be another part after it. Um, it does link, like, like very loosely link into SteamWorld Heist. Um, so it sort of, like, connects the universe, essentially, which is really cool. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's If you haven't, if you've been sort of, just on the fence about it, go and pick it up on the Switch. It's really good. Well, actually, on anything, but on the Switch especially, it's a really, really great experience just to sort of kick back on the couch and play in handheld mode. Um, it, the, the mechanics are solid. It's a joy to explore. Um, yeah, it's so much fun. Uh, so, yeah, definitely check that one out. But uh, I, because I'd finished that, uh, I'd been playing a little bit of Overwatch and, and some other things as well. I hadn't really had a chance I, I was like trying to figure out what i wanted to play and i was like maybe i'll maybe i'll buy something i don't know i'll see how i go um and in my wish list on the psn um there was a game that was on sale currently that i've been wanting to play for a while called the metronomicon slay the dance floor um so it was like 21 bucks 22 bucks or something so i was like screw it i'm just gonna i'm gonna give it a go um i'm enjoying it it's not amazing it's like a solid six, solid seven, I would say. Uh, it's an interesting enough like concept. So basically, the concept behind it is um, it's an RPG, but the the combat is like a rhythm game. So there's like left, right, up, and down. They're all scrolling down from the top of the page, and you've got to hit them in the right order uh, as they come down while the song's playing. Um, but the twist is as well, you've got it's an RPG, so you've got a party of people. So you're you're in control of four people that you can switch between it at will using the uh, L1 and R1 buttons. So basically, um, you can set up a, like a combo on one and like, like say like your first character might, uh, you might want to attack with them. So you do the button combo, they attack, and then you switch to the next one because they'll have like a slight cooldown before you can start using them again. Uh, and then you switch between them. And there's like different classes, like there's like healers and, and and like clerics and stuff. And then there's sort of like barbarians and like like heavy hitters. And then there's like spellcasters and rogues. And um, all the sort of tropes are there. Uh, Is the other... there a bard? I, I, I haven't encountered one yet. So oh, uh, man, I'll be sad if there isn't. There's still characters that I'm unlocking. So I think there's eight unlockable characters. I think I've got like maybe five or six at the moment. So there's a couple more to come. Um, but yeah, so, and you can switch your party at any time. Um, and it's pretty, pretty basic in terms of like the way the game's laid out. Uh, the, the cool thing with the, the button combos is though. So each character, when you level them up, they, they might get like basically like spell slots essentially. So you've got like, like ability slots. So you have like your first level one, your second level one, your third level one. So just say I wanted to cast, I wanted to attack with my second level one on my, like, warrior. So what I'd do is I'd, I'd do the button combo, and then it'd get past what's required for the first level. And then if I switched out then or missed a note, I could use that attack that I've already got enough power built for. Or I could keep going and build up and use the second level or the third level one. So, ah. yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a lot, there's a lot going on. Um, and like the enemies have different like um, uh, like weaknesses as well. So it's basically like Pokemon is like fire, water, lightning, and uh, earth. Yeah, uh, and they're all like you know the same sort of weaknesses to each other. 
like they um like you would in a Pokemon game, uh, and then physical physical damages as well. Uh, so you've got to try and keep that in in, in mind while you're trying to figure out which uh, button combos you want to use and which characters you want to take into battle. Um, I'm playing through the songs on, at at the moment on easy, so it's 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 still pretty tough. There's been a couple of times where I've failed a couple of times, um, but there's other things as well. You still get side quests as well, so you might finish a song, and at the end of the song, it'll unlock a side quest for it, which might be you play that same song again, but it'll have like specific uh, win conditions. So it might be um, heal nine thousand damage, or deal ten thousand damage, or um, defeat eight enemies because basically what happens during the song is the enemies will keep coming until the end of the song so you just keep plowing through enemies until you finish the end of the song um so yeah it's it's really fun it's it's a good like pick up and play game it again it, i know we sound like a broken record but it would be great on the switch um it's it's it, it at this point it's just put everything on switch and absolutely. it's it, we are broken records but it just makes so much sense. It just oh, yeah. does. Um, but but the, the thing about it is too, like um, it's got multiplayer as well. So it's got local multiplayer. So you can... Oh, does it? I actually yeah, didn't know that. Yeah. So I, I, I haven't had a chance to give that a go yet. But yeah, it's got mul- lo- local multiplayer. So maybe when you're down next weekend, we might, if we get time, we might try and boot it up just for a couple of songs. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of songs, uh, an important I was going to say, like, as a rhythm game, how's the soundtrack? <laughs> so it's a lot of like indie bands and sort of like uh, like nerdy producers. Um, there's only a couple of names on there that I knew. Like uh, there's a band called Yacht, which I'd heard of, which they're kind of fun. They're kind of like a funk rock band. And they're kind of cool. Um, the most notable one for me was um, Jimmy Urin, the singer uh, and like main frontman behind uh, Mindless Self Indulgence, uh, which I know your housemate is a big fan of. Um, he is that is true uh and i quite like them as well they're fucking weird but yeah uh he's got a couple of strong songs on there as well uh which is really cool uh the, the, the one of his that i've encountered so far is, is actually a really great song um and then there's a track on there from uh megaran as well the um the the rapper as well who i know has done a lot of stuff with kind of funny he's usually at um the kind of funny live shows uh so i've seen his some of his performances live um and they're really cool uh, but yeah, the music's good. It's varied, like a lot of like you know, like kind of like electro EDM stuff, and then indie rock stuff, and then sort of mild chip tuney kind of things as well. Like it's 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 a good mix of uh, of songs. I'm enjoying it. It's not amazing, um, but there's a couple of songs I'm like, this is really good, and I've actually gone to Spotify, and the whole soundtrack's on there as well as a playlist. Someone's gone through my playlist sort of all. That's great. I love mm-hmm. when I do that. So yeah, you can you can go and have a, a bit of a sample if you want to look for the Metronomicon on Spotify. Um, also, before we go on, I just want to quickly say that I would give this game probably a ten out of ten for the name. Oh yeah, that's a name good name. Yeah, and the humor is pretty like I guess the writing's not great. Um, it's pretty basic. Uh, the voice acting's poor oh boy. It's not good. Um, but I think it's a whole bunch of the people who worked on the game are the voice actors in it. Uh, and they are doing their best, so I don't hold that against them. Um, but it's not great. Uh, and the art style as well looks a little bit like a Flash game, um, especially in, like, the cutscenes. Like, it's not so much cutscenes. It's, like, like a visual novel, essentially. So it's just dialogue, and you have, like, them reacting. It'll be, like, still frames. Um, but, look, it's a lot of fun. 
And I, yeah, I, I wouldn't r- recommend rushing out and buying it. Um, but if you like rhythm games and like like different spins on rhythm games, um, it's definitely a cool concept. And, and I'd like to see someone sort of take that on board and make it a little bit more. Maybe have like an open world element where you can like like a, like a world map where that's where you sort of because at the moment that the world map is just a list of songs essentially, and you just pick the song you want to do, and then you go oh, and do okay. it. Yeah, so it's pretty pretty simple in its uh, in its presentation. Uh, but there's also other things like uh, there's there's an arena. So when you finish a certain area, so there's a few areas. I don't know how many exactly, but I've unlocked three so far. Um, and that's like a new list of songs. Uh, but when you finish one of those, it'll unlock like arena challenges, which are basically like the side quests. So they'll have like, um, there might be like a, like a mini marathon where you've got to do like two or three songs in a row. Um, and like your health carries over. So if you're running low on health and you finish the song, it's going to be the same when you start the next song. So you really want to get on the healer and try and heal up and, and make sure your party's back in that in, in tip top shape. Um, and then there are other things as well. You can upgrade the school that, because the basic story is that you're a part of this school that's sort of out to stop like these like demon raves and dances and parties that are going on, um, and that's where all the enemies and monsters come from. And so you're you're there to protect them using the power of music, and it's all very, very, very naff. But um, uh, like I'm I'm I mean I'm in for it. I, I've played worse. Uh, but yeah, so it's a uh, good fun, good fun game. Um, That's the important thing, honestly. Like, like I think we said it last week. A game doesn't need to necessarily reinvent the wheel. Mm. And as as it's also is it it's an indie developer, isn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, can't remember the name of the developer, but um, off the top of my head. But um, yeah, it's. It's exactly what I I kind of wanted at this at this moment in time where I'm in between. I was going to get South Park this week, but I sort of weighed up how much time I was going to have to play it before Japan, and it just wasn't worth it. So I decided against it, um, and I just wanted something small that I could just dip into every now and then. That was something a bit fresh and different, and it had been sitting in my wish list for a while. So since it came out, um, and yes, yeah, so I was like, screw it, I'll give it a go. And yeah, I like it's it's filling that 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 itch, scratching that itch that I needed to to have scratched. Um, I also played a little bit more of Pyre. Uh, I don't know if I to- spoke about this on the show yet. Um, but I don't want to talk about it just yet until I finished it. Uh, and it will come up later on as well in our questions section. I have Pyre downloaded, but I haven't had a chance to boot it up and actually play it yet. It's just sitting there on my on my PS4, judging me every time I I tab past it. I'm I'm just like I'm sorry. I will get to you. I promise. I will. Yeah. I look. I have I have problems with it. I don't know. I can't put my finger exactly on what it is, but I'm. It's not engaging me as much as I thought it was going to. Um, which is a real shame. But that's all I'll say about Pyre. At the moment, um, I definitely want to try and finish it before I get a chance to really deep dive on it. Uh, but I promise I'll have it done by the end of like our game of the year discussions and things like that, so we can maybe talk about it then. Oh, game of the year! Oh, mm, it's going to be a tough one. There's and, so many games between now and then as well. So, oh yeah, and spoiler alert: yeah. I feel like I feel like Pi is not going to be in mine. So that's 
how I feel at the moment about it. I'm sorry, Josh, but um, <laughs> that's that's how I'm feeling at the moment. Uh, I'm then, sure he'll he'll probably have one back on you. Oh, I, if I feel it, like if, he I'm does. not sure if a yeah, it's a game that we like, but he doesn't really like. So yeah, I'm pretty sure there is. Can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's Zelda. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's right. Okay. So no, you know. All right. We'll agree it, to disagree. It's fine. Everything's fine. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah. If We're all wanna, cool people, and that's the main thing. If If you want to hear a uh, 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 like the reverse opinion on 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 Zelda Breath of the Wild, definitely go and have a listen to um to OK Games and see what they have to say about it because it's interesting, to say the least. <laughs> there's, 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 there's good points there There, there is. is absolutely I 100% agree um, But anyway That's all I've been playing this week I've been really boring I'm sort of like Knuckling down at the moment Before Japan So um, Trying to be a good boy And focus on What I've got at the moment um, But Kyron Tell me what have you been playing Well Okay So I bought a game last Friday mm-hmm. and, I, and I have played some of it And I'll talk about it second Because I haven't put as much time into it because I'm still hooked on Stardew Valley. Yep. Uh, I think I'm like 55 hours deep now. Yep. I'm in my second year. I'm I'm sitting on a on a pretty comfortable like 50k, just sort of dipping into it when I need to to buy crops to to make a cool 30k. Just flipping it, flipping it, making money. Sounds uh, like I married Penny, so I'm all good now. Hey. Uh, and. Just sort of chugging along. The game is still incredible. I still love it. It's just it's so fun to have to like have your farm at a point where it essentially looks after itself. Like I've got all my automatic yeah. sprinklers that water all my crops. I've got my I'm at the point where I'm about to get both the maximum coop and barn, so my animals will have auto feeders. Nice. And all I've got to do is like, collect their eggs and gather their milk and stuff. And it, it means I've just got so much more time in my day to go fishing and go into the... I got I locked the second mine, like the skull cavern or whatever it is in the desert, so I'm going yep. down there now. And That place is fucking tough. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm learning that. It's it's not fun. Um, It's yeah. rough in there. But, uh, yeah, just still in love with it. Can't stop playing it. Can't stop playing it so much to the, so much to the point that it's been detrimental to how much time I've been able to spend with The Evil Within 2, which is the game I bought last Friday. Right. On Friday the 13th, because I, I sort of had to in the end. Like, that's a, Yeah, with, with a date like that, a perfect like perfect storm of release date, that's just too good. Too good of an opportunity absolutely. to pass up on. Absolutely. So, long story short, I never actually finished the first Evil Within. I don't, I don't know why. I've heard people love it, but at the point I was at, some, like I, I, I just had an encounter with like an insta kill boss that sort of just wasn't fun for me, so I sort of gave up and never went back. Yeah, I've definitely. I'm pretty sure I've like reserved to the fact that I'm probably not going to finish the first one as well. Yeah, but what I can say about the second one is it immediately grabbed me much, much like tighter than the first one did. Right. Uh, initially. The first thing I want to say is, like, first of all, dialogue still isn't perfect. Like, there still is a lot of issues there as far as the writing goes. The voice actors are all changed now, which sort of caught me off guard a bit, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Initially, that was off-putting, but then when the game actually started... Oh, man. So, 
Evil Within 1, if you remember, Joel, is a lot of that you spend your time progressing through areas. Yeah. Which is fine. I do kind of dig that. Yep. But, and that felt more sort of like, I guess not really a Resident Evil, but I don't know, some, some sort of other survival horror, like where you just go forward through an area. Resident Evil 4 was kind of like that in a way. It was broken up into chapters. Yeah, but like you still spend a lot of time sort of weaving back around through areas you'd already explored. That's Whereas true. Evil Within 1 was basically like a path forward. Not in yep. a bad way. Like the environments were still interesting. But Evil Within 2 at the gate strikes me as a Silent Hill type of game. Because right. it's set largely in the the uh, little, I guess you'd say, the digital town because it's essentially, like the Evil Within is basically the Matrix but horror. So yep. you're in the little, the, little, the little town of Union. Okay. Now... Again, I'm, I think I'm, I'm up to like chapter six. I don't know how far that is into the game in the grand scale of things. I've encountered a couple of bosses, but I, I think I've played enough to say that I really dig Unity as a Union as a place. Like I said, it reminds me of Silent Hill. You sort of are just this little residential area. There are these odd like houses you can go into and it will like trigger certain things. For example, just completely out of the blue, you have like a little receiver that you can sort of, you pick it out with triangle and if you aim it around with the right stick, you'll see little frequencies you can lock onto. With... Okay. So yeah, you press square to lock onto that and you'll hear like a little bit of audio and it'll give you like a distance indicator and a, like a little mark on your map. So okay. I, I was doing this and I heard like a really odd sound and I was like, oh, I guess I'll go check out what that lady was talking about. She sounded pretty distraught this should be fine. Yeah. Mm. Um, and basically, it led me over to a house, and I went into the house, and there were some things to interact with, and yada, yada, yada. Pretty standard scary house stuff. And then I got dragged into, like, another another world, another dimension, I guess. Because, yeah. you know, Evil Within, don't expect to always know what's going on, because it'll just go, ha-ha, you're here now. And you're like, oh, huh? Okay. <laughs> Basically, I encountered this weird ghost lady who actually made me pretty uncomfortable. And you cannot fight her at the point I, I encountered her. So it was okay. more of a... Because this game has, an, has a greater focus on stealth as well. There's actually... You can sneak a lot easier. And you can sort of level that up and be pretty sneaky, which is good. I, because I like being sneaky in horror games when I can. Because fuck fighting those monsters. Oh, for sure. I don't know whether it was uh, you who said this or whether I read it somewhere else, but I, wh- whoever that said it, some that like said that they, they felt it had a bit more of a uh, like like inspiration from like The Last of Us. Sort of like yeah, I could see that. You, you sort of like stealth is like crouch walking around. You can yeah. hear the monsters, and the, I mean obviously you don't have Joel's listen mode. So yep. you really have to pay attention to like how loud their awful noises are. Mm. I think this game would be really good with headphones. I haven't tried it with them yet, but okay. I can imagine it working really well. Yep. Because there'll be times when I'm just walking down one of the streets in Union and I'll hear a god-awful noise and I'll just freeze in a spot, crouch, and hide in a bush and go, what the hell was that? <laughs> I live here What now. was that noise? This is, where this is my home. Yeah. <laughs> and... It's really cool. So yeah, like as I was saying, I encountered this ghost lady who I couldn't kill, and basically I just had to stealth around her to get out of the area. I had to go get a, like a key card and swipe it to escape. And I was like, oh god, that was the worst. But okay, I survived. Mm. 
And then I was progressing a bit further forward in the like overworld, and I encountered her there, and I was just like, "Why is she here? No, <laughs> this is my overworld. I was Why are supposed you here? to be safe here." Yeah, like I mean, fair enough for monsters I can kill, but I don't know what to do with you. So I had to sort of like avoid her and like get far away enough to make her despawn. But that freaked me out, and now. Because it basically it, it sort of signposts it like it'll the screen will get like a blue sort of filter over it, and it'll you'll it'll feel colder like there'll be like little you'll see some frost rolling in and that sort of stuff. And when that happens, basically just be scared and maybe just run in the opposite direction that you were heading in because okay. it's probably the ghost lady and she's gonna suck the very life out of you and it's not fun. Okay, cool. Um, I did yeah. hear some. I'd hear, I I think it was uh. I think Hex on Twitter had said something about there was, or like Alana Pierce as well had said something about an interaction with like a, a mother and daughter that made them feel very uncomfortable. I don't know whether you've got to that yet or not, but um, I it's hard. Like I, there's been things that I've encountered that have made me feel uncomfortable, like because basically Sebastian is sent into into Union into STEM to save his daughter, who was presumed dead in the first game, but hey, surprise, apparently is very much alive and is powering the new the new stem, which I guess is like not the one from the first game with Ruvik. Okay. And so Sebastian's been sent in to save her, and in there he'll find a bunch of Mobius guys who are basically either on their own staying alive or have tried to get out and bad things have happened to them. And of I've course. sort of caught up on a couple of those... Uh, I can't think of a specific one for mother and daughter though, but there's just been bad stuff. Like that ghost lady one was the worst. Like I hated it. <laughs> I think the worst um, one I encountered in the first one was the guy on the table. The guy you on got, the table. You had to like cut him open to get the key out. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause I'm just like, uh, he's, he's alive. He's a, he's awake. He's awake. He's awake. I don't want to do this. The key's in there. Fuck it. I don't care. I'm done. Yeah, that was some jigsaw stuff right there. Ugh, not fun. Uh, yeah, nothing. I haven't encountered anything like that, but there has been other stuff. Like, so the town of Union has been exploded open. So as you're walking around, you can see like chunks of the town sort of floating around you. Okay. To get from one point to another, you use a system. Oh, I forget. Oh, it's called the Marrows. That's right. Okay. So. The marrows sort of act act as like not really a fast travel, but they are shortcuts. And okay. again, to go back to the matrix, it sort of reminds me of like taking the back doors because you go up to a computer, you like interact with it, and it'll transport you into like this underground passage, and you basically continue through there to get to your next point. All good and well. Yep. Uh, Evil Within Two, third person action horror game. Good. At one point in the Marrows, I was just minding my own business, continuing forward, and then I had to go through like a, a section that was full of gas. And a character had given me a gas mask, which was nice of him. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. I'll put my gas on, my gas mask on, no problems. And then it put me in first person. Oh. And I was like, huh, this isn't what I was expecting, but I guess this is, I'll, I'll play the hand I'm dealt. And then he goes to go through the door into the gassed area, and he's just like, Huh. Oh no, this is dangerous gas. I guess I shouldn't use my weapons. I'm like, oh no. Oh no. Good. Yeah. Good. So I had to navigate a very tight little area with some pretty annoying enemies in first person with my with no guns. I could use my knife, but it takes a while to kill enemies with your knife because yeah. well, it's a knife and they're monstrosities. Yep. 
Um, it wasn't terrible, but it did feel a bit jarring at first. I had to adapt to... Because, again, a lot of the stealth is taking cover behind objects, and in first person I had to adapt to that while peeking around corners and stuff. Yep. Um, but anyway, I got through that, popped up ever, and back into third person, no problems. It's initially, like like I said, the Silent Hill comparisons I got at the gate were really good. Like, it felt good to be in a place like Union. It was interesting to be in a town... I really got to know the streets pretty well, like in Silent Hill. We're like, cool, I need to go here. I know the exact path I need to take. Yep. And I've, I've, it didn't sink in until probably about four or five hours in, but it was making me really miss Silent Hill. Like, I miss that series. Right. It hurts. Well, but at, at least you've got this to sort of, you know, tide you over, I guess. Yeah. And I, it honestly has done a very good job. The gun combat feels like it feels a lot better than the first one. I I don't know why. I don't know if it is different, but it feels better. Um, there's a lot more in the way of crafting you can do. Like you'll pick up gunpowder as you're going along, which you can use to sort of make extra bullets for your guns if you need to. Cool. Or bombs, or you pick up herbs to make med kits. The cool thing I do like again, this sort of feels like it's borrowing from The Last of Us, but you can craft field like so if you need something desperately. You can make some stuff out in the field. Oh, but fantastic. It costs extra resources, so you've got to be careful when you do it. It's good to have the option, but you've got to be very mindful that it will take more stuff to, to construct out there. So, so it's not completely I, I really broken, like that. yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't make you go, oh, well, why do I need to work? Why do I need the benches when I can just do it anywhere? It's like, yeah, well, exactly. no, you need the benches to use less resources. Yeah, so it really puts the uh, emphasis on being on stocking up before a fight or a new area, and, and making sure that you're you're as prepared as you can be before you go in there. And then that other option is a backup, and you know, to be used only as necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I can see it being handy in boss fights, honestly. Because right, yeah, that's one thing in boss fights that I sometimes am like, well, I'm out of bullets. I don't know what to do, but at least in this game, like, if I find myself in that situation, I can if I can get in cover for long enough, I can sit down and just sort of quickly whip some stuff up. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I'm pretty early on. I've encountered some bosses. The main bad guy I've met so far, his name is Stefan, I think. Right. He, he's, he meets the criteria of crazy bad guy. He's like an artist or something, isn't he? Yes, he's a yeah. photographer. Oh, he's, a, he's into photography. Right. And... What he seems to do is, and again, this was, it was, when I realized what he was doing, it was really cool and also horrifying to envision. What he does is with his camera, because he basically seems to have control over the, the the world here, but he can sort of manipulate it to his will. Okay. And he, he kills some of the Mobius, like, soldiers. And with his camera, he captures them in a loop of the moment they're dying. Oh. He, like, encapsulates them in, like, a blue, like, case. Blue glass case, essentially. And, like, it's just a loop of them. Like, one of them he shoots in the head, and it's a loop of their head exploding out. And then it just repeats over and over again. I'm like, oh, oh. my god, man, you are messed up. So just, like, a really fucked up style of boomerang. Yeah, yes, exactly <laughs> that. Like, oh, if, if Boomerang no. was a nightmare. With an actual murder device, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm really interested to see, to see more of him. I met... I met the... I'm not sure if you... Have you watched any of the trailers, Joel? 
Uh, I watched I I watched the first one a couple of times. Uh, but apart from that, I can't no. remember if the camera monster was in the first one. Oh, maybe. Maybe I don't know. Well, anyway, I, I just have most recently run into that. Okay, it's called Obscura, and I hate it. It's a cool it's name, a cam- for though. It is a cool name. It's a camera on like weird monster legs, and I just, ma- I just, I'm like, oh no, thank you. I'm good. Mm. You can keep that, and I'll stay over here. Fun. Away from whatever that is. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I, I'm, I don't know how far into it I am, but I am very invested in it. Dialogue still not great. Characters, I'm like, ah, Sebastian, I I don't know how you're constantly acting surprised by what you're seeing because I don't know, man. You were you went through the Evil you, Within one. Yeah, you've kind this of can't done, be that new to you. This is sort of like slightly old hat to you, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> but apart from that, it's really good. Like I'm I'm super into it. Like much more than I was Evil Within one. I think I'll finish this. Evil Within one, I play pretty consistently consistently for a week. Yeah, I mean, I sort of like tape it off, but this one, I'm like, no, I'm gonna finish this because it's the gunplay. It just feels better. It just does, and that's the most important thing in a game like this. If it's going to be an action horror, yeah, because uh, the you, gunplay has to be good. Yeah, you need to know, you need to know that like when you do decide to use that gun, that it's gonna relatively hit where you're gonna try and aim for, and you, you're gonna have as much control over it as over it as you feel like you should. Because yeah, because resources are so limited in those games, it's like yeah, I I had oh. some problems with the with the gun the gunplay in the first one. I think that's one of the reasons why I didn't go back to it. Yeah, so it's sort of weird. There's a bit of sway because basically you you are encouraged to upgrade your character to to sort of eliminate that, and that is still here. So initially, I was still like, oh, this feels a bit weird, but I put some points into reducing that, and it's feeling a bit better. Um, right. And don't you worry, you still upgrade yourself the same way as you did the first one. Oh, fun. Still Just scoop up your brain juice and stick it in your head. Get the it's brain good, goop. No problems. Jack into the Matrix, fill it up with brain goop. Uh, they they have also gotten a bit cute with this game as well. There are collectibles you can pick up around the like, the game world. Okay. So far I've found a bobblehead from Fallout. Oh, that's awesome. And, oh, I forget the name of them. What are the name of the... Uh, the Nazi robot creatures, the Panzer—the uh, Panzerhound—is it? Uh, yeah, something like that. I found a model of that as well. Like the dog ones. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're Panzerhound. Yeah, Panzerhound. Yeah. So, I did some googling around, and there's a few other ones in there. Like there's a there's an Elder Scrolls thing. Uh, there's a little Doom guy from Doom, the new Doom. Oh, you that's can pick cool. Up. And basically, Sebastian will like decorate his office with these little collectibles. I'm like, that's eh, pretty cute, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a pass because I want that Doom guy. The oh, Doom guy's the best. It's kind of it's it's cool though that like Bethesda are sort of like trying to create this sort of like Bethesda universe where like all their games are sort of like self referential of each other. I kind of like that kind of stuff. Yeah, mm, it's fun. I'm trying to think if there's anything else about it that sticks out to me. No, I, I think that's most of it. Again, it, I don't know how far in I am. It, this could all change. When I go back to it, I could hit a point similar to the insta-kill boss I had in the first one. Right. But I'm feeling more confident that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it and see Sebastian's story to the end. A lot of stuff I've heard say that it's 
says that it's pretty good. Like the, the rest of the game is very interesting and worth sticking through. So I'm probably awesome. gonna probably gonna see it through to the end this time, which That's is really good. good. It, yeah. Well, it seems to be it from from what I've heard anyway. It seems like that Bethesda have really um taken on board what they what worked and what didn't work with the first one and really sort of tried to to push the envelope with the second, which is great. It's what you want to do and what you should do with a sequel to a game. It's just nice in this day and age to have a... Like, I mean, we had Resident Evil 7 at the start of the year, but it's nice to have another survival horror game that, sure, it's very action-heavy. The gunplay is very much a focus point, but the scares are there, the, the heavy, uneasy atmosphere is there. Mm-hmm. It has all those little psychological horror things that, that you probably hate, Joel, but I very much enjoy. Mm, like, yeah. The first person thing was weird, but I had to adapt. Yeah, and like there are visions, and it actually has picked up some tricks. I think from Layers of Fear as well, uh, just sort of manipulating objects that the car- that your camera is not currently pointed at. Yep. Yeah. Like at one point, I went through a door, and there was a painting of a door behind me, uh, in front of me, I should say. And I was like, "Oh, cool, that's weird. That's the door I just came from." And I turned around to look at the door, and the door was gone. It was just a wall and all that sort of mm. stuff. Uh, Fucking thank you, Layers of Fear slash PT. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but hey, I'm I'm glad that people are using that sort of stuff because that was my favorite parts in those games. Well, I mean, did... I don't think PT really did it, but PT did a lot of other stuff that horror games are using. Oh, PT had a couple of moments where, like, if you looked away and looked back, things were gone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or, like, things would be different. Yeah. Or but, maybe you'd turn yeah. around and you'd see Lisa just hanging out and you'd be like, no, thank you, don't want this, ha, ha, ha. That shit. Fuck it to hell. Um, yeah. And... There are parts also that sort of throw you back to Evil Within with like little. It seems like there's going to be a sub story involving Sebastian confronting his demons from the from at least Beacon Hospital, which was the setting for the first one. Right. So I'm I'm very much interested to see. There is more of in this in this game than I thought there would be. Like there are side quests you get, That's and I didn't cool. expect that. Awesome. Yeah. There's. Like there's little conversations you have with other NPCs, and you can like pick their the. You can pick for dialogue options. Oh, good name for a podcast. Uh, um, it is. <laughs> and it, the, so those parts were okay, but it sort of felt like the conversation camera was a bit too similar to Fallout 4s, which I do not like. Oh, but, okay. You know, it's not a focus, so whatever. At least it uh, wasn't Fallout 3, like where they're just staring yes, at you soullessly. Because in a horror game, that or, sounds fucking terrifying. Yeah, like I've already got things staring at me soullessly i don't need the npcs to do that as well uh two things that i want to point out as being highlights for me uh, i posted a picture of it on my instagram account recently but there's a there's a room very early on which looks a lot like the lodge from twin peaks ah uh, yes that was awesome like there's the there's the red curtains and the sort of black and white floors i'm like ah, oh, it's twin peaks i'm not sure if that's intentional but it has to be because look at it like that it just looks like the lodge. Yep. And the other one is in all, like nearly all of the safe points, there's a way that Sebastian can refill his health. Okay. And it's drinking coffee. Ah. He's drinking coffee in the way that Dale Cooper would very much approve of. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, the trophy name isn't a Twin Peaks reference, so they missed that opportunity right there. But I forgive him because I just appreciate drinking coffee to heal your health. And yep. then... So once you drink it, the the coffee has to brew again. So yeah, it, it takes time to be ready. So that sort of makes you again 
it's another layer of going, okay, do I need to fully heal now or should I just use like a a quick needle to shoot up my health? Yep. Um, so, yeah. Does Do do the save room still have uh, Claire de Lune playing? Yes. Awesome. Cool. They do have the music playing. You, hear you still have the mirrors. Um, one thing I will say, again, it could be because it's just on PS4, Xbox One, and PC now, but transitioning through the mirror to the other world to go level up and all that is instant and it feels good that's cool yeah like i know in in the first one there was like a little bit of a stutter in between yep but yeah like in this one you hold down x like and you look at the mirror and then you're straight in and same vice versa like which is smooth and good does it seem to run a lot better than the first yeah i mean yep yeah I know, I know there were, you had issues with the, the frameiness of the first one. Mm, and that was that was pre-patch as well. I, I, I It was still yeah. there when I patched it, but it, it, yeah, it was a little bit better. So the game seems to run better, and it also doesn't have the black bars that the first one had. I don't, uh, again, I'm, I think the black bars were a stylistic choice in the first one, but they seem to have done away with them this time. And they were optional after in one of the patches, because when I patched it oh, okay. and played it, you could take them off. Oh, okay. See, I, I didn't check out a lot of that post-patch stuff. Yeah, so because I, I remember once I patched it, it was like one of the things I went to the options, and it was because I was like, I, I vaguely remembered like reading about that that they patched it into the game. It was an option you could t- toggle on and off. So I went to yeah. the options, and it was there. I'm like, ah, oh, cool, awesome. Um, I kind of like the bars a little bit, but um, yeah, I, I think that it could have been used like in certain areas, maybe not all the time. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. I I don't know for sure if it's going to happen every time, but I had a f- like a little a sequence where the, bl- the bars were back when I was in like a beacon and like environment. So I'm not sure if they're going to cleverly use them for those ah, moments in the sequel or not. Cool. So it's like this is from the first game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I I did think that as well. So I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see this game through. My biggest takeaway is just how much I enjoy exploring Union. It also seems to reward you pretty consistently for exploring as well. Like, more often than not, if you go out of your way to go into a house that you don't need to go into or to to kill an enemy you may not have to kill, mm-hmm. you can get, like, your uh, like, uh, little pickups that'll increase your ammo capacity and just extra stashes of the gel to level up and weapon parts to upgrade your weapons and all that. So, yeah, ex- exploring these terrifying areas is much more rewarding as well. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's what I've been playing basically. Love it. In the back of my mind, just thinking about Mario being around oh, the corner so and looking close. at Evil Within Two, going, "I hope I can finish it before then." I really do. Fingers crossed. Kyron, if I can finish, if I can finish Metroid: Samus Returns in a week, and like set that goal and finish it, I believe in you. I mean, I I I, I hear you, but I'm only like from. Next Wednesday, I'm not going to be around if we're in. That's actually <laughs> so, a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll see how I go. Fingers crossed. Yep, for sure. All right, Karen. Now we've got uh, we've got our uh, our fun. What we've been playing out of the way. It's time to get into the the nitty gritty this time, and uh, it's a whole bunch of bad news this week. It is bad news all around. It's just super bad news bears all around. Um, so uh. I, I guess let's just kick it off with uh with good old EA this week. Um, so uh, EA uh, was it a couple of days ago now? Yeah, it's a, I think it was on like Tuesday, maybe. Yeah, earlier this week. Um, 
EA released a a, a letter from Patrick Soderlund. Um, the I can't remember his exact title. I think um, he's executive VP, isn't he? EVP. Uh, that sounds about right. Um, he's important. He's yeah. He's 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 the tall guy with like the slightly dead eyes that does most of the presentations. He's the one that's not Andrew Wilson, and Andrew yeah. Wilson is the one who was a Bond villain. Yeah, exactly. The Australian Bond villain. Um, yeah. So. Uh, EA have come out and and, and released this statement saying that uh, Visceral Studios, uh, the team behind most notably uh, the Dead Space series, uh, have been shuttered. Um, which that alone is bad news. Like it just because, it's the worst news. Yeah, that alone is bad news because you know when it, when a studio that is, is a prolific as 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 Visceral. Um, gets uh, closed, it's it's always bad news. But um, they were also the studio that were working, uh, that Amy Hennig, uh, former Naughty Dog employee, was working with uh, on a new Star Wars game that was uh, going to be like a single-player Star Wars experience that sounded, from the very little that we had, sounded amazing. Um, and I had very high hopes for. Uh, but... That game uh, is going to be shifting gears slightly now into something else. <sighs> so, uh, there was a statement released by Patrick Sutherland, as I said. Um, Kyron, would you like to read said statement for us? And uh, we'll, we'll break it down afterwards. Sure thing. Uh, try to avoid, like, tearing your hair out at certain points for this, because it, it's it's one of those things where I, I you read it and you're like, EA thinks they did the right thing. Yep. They just think this is what they should have done. I don't All have right. a pillow ha- handy so I could scream into, unfortunately. So if you hear yeah, well, any, like, wild screaming, it's just me fucking losing my mind. The opening couple of sentences are awful. Like, oh, that, yeah. like you, you read them and you're like, cool, well, this isn't good. Okay. <clears throat> Our industry is evolving faster and more dramatically than ever before. The games we want to play and spend time with, the experiences we want to have in those games, and the way we play... All those things are continually changing. So is the way games are made. In this fast-moving space, we are always we are always focused on creating experiences that our players want to play. And today, that means we're making a significant change with one of our upcoming titles. Our Visceral Studio has been developing an action-adventure title set in the Star Wars universe. In its current form, it was shaping up to be a story-based linear adventure game. Throughout the development process, we have been testing the game concept with players, listening to the feedback about what and how they want to play, and closely tracking fundamental shifts in the marketplace. I hate that sentence. (laughs) It has become clear that to deliver an experience that players will want to come back to and enjoy for a long time to come, we we needed to pivot the design. We will maintain the stunning visuals, authenticity in the Star Wars universe, and focus on bringing a Star Wars story to life. Importantly, we are shifting the game to to be a broader experience that allows for more variety and player agency, leaning into the capabilities of our Frostbite engine and reimagining central elements of the game to give players a Star Wars adventure of greater depth and breadth to explore. This move leads to a few other changes. A development team from across EA Worldwide Studios will take over development of this game, led by a team from EA Vancouver that has already been working on the project. Our Visceral Studio will be ramping down and closing, and we're in the midst of shifting as many of the team 
as possible to other projects and teams at EA. Lastly, while we had originally expected this game to launch late in our fiscal year 2019, we're now looking at a new time frame and that, that we will announce in the future. Bringing new Star Wars games to life for Bringing new Star Wars games to life for every passionate fan out there is what drives us as creators. It's what has, it's what has inspired us to deliver, the, to deliver the massive Star Wars Battlefront 2 experience launching in just a few weeks. It fuels our live service in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Making games in the extraordinary Star Wars universe is truly a, truly a dream for so many of us at EA, and we have so many more experiences to come for players on every platform. We want to take the time to get each game right, to make it unique, to make it amazing. We look forward to answering more of your questions and sharing more of our plans and timeline for this Star this new Star Wars experience in the months to come. Byron, I have so many fucking questions after this. One, so, who the fuck was in that test group? I want names and I want them dead because well, I mean, fuck that's them. That's pretty aggressive. That's pretty aggressive. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm not... fired up, Kyron. I'm, I'm, the Look, blood is running hot right now. <laughs> I understand that, but it's not their fault. It's EA's. No, it's like... no exactly. Because here's the thing. How I imagine that going is they were showing him this game. This game, which I can only imagine based on what we knew from the pedigree of, of Visceral and Amy Hennig, mm-hmm. that was probably along the lines of Star Wars Uncharted. Yep. And that sounds perfect honestly that sounds perfect and it's what exactly what i want absolutely but i can imagine ea maybe asking these test groups which again focus testing a game is the quickest way to suck any originality and life out of it but whatever mm-hmm. who cares right yeah well that sounds like I EA. Can imagine, yeah well i can imagine these groups being basically asked questions that shouldn't have been a factor in this game's existence but stuff like can i play with friends okay can i play with friends and then them going well no and like oh, okay can I get experience points? Can I get loot? Can I get this? Can I get that? Like all these things that they probably want because again, focus groups, I can only imagine that's the sort of stuff that EA would be asking. Like, do you want to play with your friends and all that sort of stuff? Because again, they mentioned in the press, in their letter that they want players to keep coming back and a single player story based linear adventure isn't going to bring people back or keep them playing for, for years to come. Okay, so here's the other thing as well. They were saying about... Uh, it's towards the end of the letter. Where is it? Uh, something about um, bringing new Star Wars games to life for every passion fan oh, is God. what drives us creators. Okay, cool. Yep. How many fucking Star Wars games have you released? Uh, they put out Battlefront. Yep. And Galaxy of uh, and Galaxy of Heroes in, mo- in the mobile space. That's all they've and fucking done. They're putting out Battlefront 2. <laughs> We've had... We've had more Star Wars movies in the same time span than we have Star Wars games. That's ludicrous. That is absolutely insane. Again, that's a thing. Not to, not to jump too far ahead from that point, but they say here that this game was originally coming out late fiscal 2019 for them, and now it's back to not having a date. Yep. It, oh. it, this game, if I mean, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Like, I think this game probably won't come out at this no. point. No, I think but it's dead. If it does, like, it could be 2020, 2021, and God, like, talk about missing the train right there. Yep, absolutely. Like, you know, we we don't know what's going to be happening in terms of the Star Wars universe then. Like, I mean, some of the, the 
I haven't dealt, dived too much into it because I'm trying to go relatively spoiler-free and, and media blackout, even though I did watch that last trailer for, for The Last Jedi, and holy shit, I'm excited, Karen. Um, but yeah, there's theories going around about certain things, and I'm like, okay, like, how, what's going to happen? Like, so I we have no idea how many more movies we're going to get after that, because obviously we're going to, but like, you know, what the time span is oh, yeah. going to be between them. Um, Disney is not letting us die. <laughs> no, God, no. Uh, EA apparently is. Because this, on top of, like, everything that's come out about Battlefront 2 so far, like, we've gone, like, Battlefront 2, and that, that episode we did, like, a couple of months ago, where it was, like, our top 10 anticipated games for the rest of the year, like, Battlefront 2 was in mine. It's not anymore. For a multitude of reasons, and it's, it, it fucking pains me to say that. It really does, but, oh, I don't understand the reasoning behind any of this. It's, it's just, it's the age old thing, Joel. Unfortunately, when it comes down to it, video game the video, the business of video games is about making money. Mm-hmm. And whilst it's so obvious to me that a single player Star Wars game would do well, especially if you paired it up with a movie release, like when people walk out of the Last Jedi, they're gonna want to play a Star Wars game. Absolutely, one hundred percent. They'll pick up. If they haven't already picked up Battlefront 2, which I'm pretty sure Battlefront 2 will sell heaps, they will pick it up after The Last Jedi. It's just... mm. EA... It's... Are they scared? That's the question I want to ask. Are they scared that that they're going to put out a bad Star Wars game? Is that why they're like, well, crap, we can't put this one out. The, The focus test groups want all this other stuff and we don't have any of that in this game. Do you think that made them go, quick, scrap it? start again or start changing it now to be like an open world game or to be like a destiny clone or something like that. Oh, I, I, yeah, for sure. I definitely think that, but what they, they're not focusing on either is the fact that when battlefront one came out, it was not well received because it was bare bones and there was not much to it. They seem to be on track with fixing it with two. And then all the stuff about loot boxes came out and it's just, that's a problem though. Like, oh. Sure. They're fixing it with two. But those, the way they sort of did that, like had that campaign, the, the marketing campaign to make it be like, oh, hey, you asked for all this stuff and we answered it. Here, here's like a campaign, more maps, heroes from all the movies and blah, blah, blah. All the DLC and is free. Like they're doing us a favor when Battlefront 1 should have just had that. I... Yeah. Like, I, I, that, weird. That, 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 that what you said then is like, the, like they're doing us a favor like going back to this letter that like like you said when you before you read it it seems like they've written it from the perspective of like this is a good thing and it's like it's not it's not i don't see any like redeeming qualities in anything that's in this list in this letter no whatsoever it's it's a fucking nightmare and i just i don't understand i don't understand how like i i would much rather have been I would much rather be in a position now where I'm just like, oh god, there's so many Star Wars games. Like, oh, another one? Oh, it's going to be shit probably. I'd rather be in that position that, that like defining those diamonds in the rough to where at the moment we're kind of borderline starved for Star Wars games, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, no, because the franchise has never has never had more life, or like not since probably the, the prequels came out. Exactly, and it's insane to me that there aren't more games, and it's like. And that's why I have to wonder if it's, if it's EA going. Well, what if we what if we mess it up? But at the same time, they're EA. 
Like, mm. they've got th- money. So here's the other thing as well. Do you think maybe you were saying about them being potentially scared about messing up? Do you think the, the this might be another ripple effect from the Mass Effect Andromeda stuff as well? I mean, Andromeda did not go down well. No. And like, I mean, normally it'd be it'd be easy for us to just go. Well, you won't know if you're going to stuff it up unless you try. But if you look at it, I guess that. Andromeda was them trying to do something different and it didn't work. So they've gone, well, fuck it. We're going back to just doing the same thing. Um, and at the same time, like, they weren't really trying, though, were they? Like, they, no, they put really that weren't. game out earlier than it should have been out. They, 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 they were the reason behind why that game probably wasn't was yeah, poorly received they, in the first place. They basically forced Bioware to build that game in Frostbite, despite the fact that Frostbite is not an engine developed for RPGs. It's an yeah. engine made for shooters. Yep. Basically forcing Bioware to engineer all this tech into that engine. And I... Look, at, at the end of the day, EA is definitely always going to be more concerned about the money, the dollar signs. For and sure. it's ne- it's never been more obvious than reading this this letter about them going, Hey guys, uh, so that game that you guys were all really excited for, sorry, the test group said it wasn't what they were looking for, so we're scrapping it and starting again. Also, we're shutting Visceral... Sorry about that. And I, I, it's worth like just focusing on that point for a second as well. Visceral are gone. Yep. Visceral. No more Dead Space. Like, we've had conversations on this podcast, and before we were doing this podcast in, in person and, and conversations we've had in life about, like, do you think it's time for us to see a new Dead Space game? Like, I, I think it might be almost time. That's never going to happen now. Dead Space is gone. It's it's gone. And I think... that makes me sad. <laughs> That's and that's fair. Like I honestly do think the last chance for like an interesting, smaller sort of risky game for EA was Mirror's Edge last year, which, as far as I'm aware, like was okay, didn't blow anyone's yep. minds. But I can only imagine it didn't make EA their money back. And then which we is... also had Andromeda this year, basically falls flat in its face, and EA's probably like, all right, well, no, <laughs> time for us to make a Destiny clone. Like, and okay, so that's the other thing. Like if. If this is EA chasing a trend, is that really such a good idea when this game is probably, at this point, three or four years away? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know what they should have done? They should have made a, like, thrown together, and I know that, like, Battlefront has modes like this, but thrown together a hero shooter using the characters from the Star Wars universe. Why isn't that a thing? If they're capitalizing on, on 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 trends and things like that, that seems like it might not be very good, but that seems like a concept that makes me go, okay, I could see how that could work. I mean, here's the thing, Joel. We don't know that that isn't what they're doing. Like, yeah, but this whatever yeah. this game is becoming, it's not so specifically based on the wording. Like, they mentioned that the old game was a, shaping to be a story-based, linear adventure game. And it sounds like this new thing will not be that. Based on their wording. It's like, they're listening to the feedback about what and how we, they want to play and closely tracking fundamental shifts in the marketplace. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, That's just blah, 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 buzzword money. Like, it's it's nothing. It. You can tell this was written by a man in a suit. And again, I get it. Like, video games is a business about money. Oh, but for sure. Oh, you, can get a, you can get someone who's a bit excited 
You can be excited for Star Wars. It's Star Wars. Um, yeah, if you want to go and talk about like big businesses that only really care about money, but also showing people that they actually do care and are like a community-driven thing, go and watch Ubisoft's E3 press conference from this year. That is a prime example of a company that like in the past has been like men in suits and people doing this and blah, blah, blah. But like that, that part alone at the part at the start with like, is it Davide? The, the, one of the heads on Mario and Rabbids. I honestly can't remember his name. I think it's like Davide or something like that, but it's yeah. Like that moment when it, it cuts to him and he is, he's welling up with tears of pride and joy. And the fact that Miyamoto, his hero is on stage addressing the fact that he has made a game with his characters that he is proud of. And it, like that. And then like at the end of it, when they're all on stage together and they're all hugging and stuff like, yeah, that, that that's Ubisoft. I mean, Ubisoft who like, we've had conversations in the past about uh, like with just us about like Ubisoft or oh, big bad Ubisoft, you know, putting them up there with, with in the, the same echelon with, uh, with EA and, and people like that. But, now, like my 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 opinion of Ubisoft is sort of quite different um, after things like um, Mario Rabbids and Watch Dogs Two, and it, so it is possible for them to do it. It just seems like EA EA just are complete. They, they've got like like blinkers on on the side of their face, so they're just like completely focused in on the money section, and they're not focusing on like the noise that's going on around them and that pe- the things that people are saying about it what's going on Again. within their company. I mean, that's the thing. This is business to EA. And yeah. if this this new Star Wars thing that they're doing now is like, again, essentially, let's say it's a game, game of service. Like, say it's a Destiny clone. Right. It'll, it'll make them a lot of money and they'll no doubt be proven right. But do we not at least deserve a fun single-player Star Wars game. Like, we, I guess we don't know what Respawn's making, but again, I can't really imagine them filling Res- in this slot. And it- Yeah, Respawn aren't really known for making single-player stuff. I mean, Titanfall 2 was was good. It wasn't amazing, but it was good. Um, but again, yeah. that brings up the same question. Like, we don't even know what Respawn's doing. We're never making something Star Wars. That's it. It's because all we see is fucking people behind desks talking about it at their conferences. And that's the thing. That's what we're going to see again for this game now because we're going to go... We All we saw for the first one was like that split second of footage. Mm-hmm. And now we don't even have that. And EA is standing there basically saying, seemingly putting on a face going, this was the right decision. Uh, you'll be excited for this game. Uh, when we talk about it in the months to come, which again, for EA, it could just be like coming out and going, hey, yeah, that new Star Wars game's going pretty well. That could be it. If they say that, they'll consider it going, yeah, we shared, we shared it with you. What do you want? Like an update? I don't think so. Like why? They're being so secretive, like so secretive. The only thing I can think of that they're going to come out, like the, the only thing that I can think of like that they're, they're thinking about is like, oh, it's Star Wars. You'll buy it when it's here. It's like, yeah, we will. But you're... You're losing time. Like, you're on the clock here. Like, you're running out of time for it to be... I mean, Star Wars is always going to be relevant in some way, shape, or form, but this is, like, prime time where everyone is talking about Star Wars. A new a new trailer for, for The Last Jedi drops and, and the internet explodes. Like, a new poster comes out for it, and there's all these theories going around. It's This is the time you need to be capitalizing on this kind of environment and this sort of 
fever around Star Wars again. And it's just not there at all. We're seeing people behind desks and studios being closed and projects being cancelled. It's ridiculous. Yeah, like, I have to wonder... I have to wonder how Disney feels about EA having the Star Wars license. Again, I guess yeah. if EA is still paying him, Disney won't really care. But I don't know. Like, if I was Disney, I would want Star Wars games out there on the shelves selling. Exactly. And Disney is a company that cares about their brands. And, I mean, Star Wars is a relatively new, like, acquisition to their family. But even still, like, they care about their brands. Like, I have not been to a Disneyland park but from what I've heard about them it's 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 very regimented it's very like we care exactly how everything has to be presented I know about like from my time doing musical theater and stuff like that and when I was at university studying it hearing about people who have gone for auditions for Disney projects it's like you stand here there's like marks on the floor it's like you need to be here every time you need to deliver it this way it needs to be delivered to this person in this exact way every time and so they they care about their their products and and their image. So I I I can't imagine them just being like, well, oh, well, at least they're paying us. They'd be like, no, guys, what the fuck is going on over there? Why are we not seeing any yeah. results? It's crazy. Like EA is just feverishly working on these Star Wars games behind the scenes, and all we've seen come from it was a Battlefront game, a mobile game, and now a second Battlefront game, which has all the content that that they're like we've we've given you what you want we listened to what you wanted and we put it all in a game and john boyega tweeted about it and it's fine it's, here you go here's battlefront 2 and loot boxes yeah. sorry what was that don't pay attention to the loot boxes no it's battlefront 2 because that's the thing like loot boxes i'm pretty sure we didn't even know we're in battlefront 2 until the beta came out yep no they, they had said nothing about that and to be fair they have said i think that the loot boxes will i think work differently when the game launches but that's not the important takeaway here. The important takeaway is they said nothing about loot boxes until we saw them in the beta. Yeah. I'm, and plus I'm, loot boxes are just dirty. I'm fucking furious about this. Like it's, I, I, the more I, the more I talk about it and the more I think about it, the more angry I get about it. I can't believe, I, I can't believe this whole situation. Because I cannot think of a single like positive spin to put on this. It's a, no, it's a disaster. There's nothing, there's <laughs> nothing he, positive to come out of this whatsoever. Oh, EA, why do you why why? I uh, I yeah, I'm I'm mad. Current at least we have a, the potential to have a, a new Star Wars movie that's going to be good coming out soon. At least we've got that. True. <sighs> Although Ryan Johnson don't Star Wars. Ryan Johnson don't fuck it up. I I have faith in Ryan Johnson though. I have faith in Ryan Johnson, but I'm still worried about the Han Solo movie. Yeah, oh god, I don't want to talk about that. Especially because it's just called, called Solo. Solo. I think oh. that's dumb. It's not a good name. Not a good name. It's not. That's not a good name. It's a soft drink. Like, oh fuck. Oh, it's also a brand. The red cups that you you play beer pong with. That's yep. the brand in America. Oh god, damn it. It's almost funny though when you look at the soft drink one because the soft drink, if I recall correctly, is just Solo, and then underneath it says the original lemon. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh no, is that what the movie's going to be? Oh boy. Oh. So I'm, I'm worried about that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Last Jedi will be fun, and you know what, Joel? I bet Battlefront Two will be fun, but I yep. don't think I'm buying it. 
no, I don't think I'm going to buy it. Not, not straight away, especially. Like, it might be like a April game for me. I don't know. Just And it'll be like, I'll buy a box copy of it, I'll play the campaign, and then I'll get rid of it. <laughs> that's probably what yeah. I'll do. Because that's all I really care about at the moment, to be honest. And you know, and you know what? At this point, I think the campaign's going to be short, so it won't even take you that long. Yep, that's what I'm worried about. But anyway, let's move on. I'd say let's move on to something slightly happier, but it's not. This is just as infuriating, this next story. <laughs> at least the next story has a silver lining. That's very true. Um, so it's come out this week that... Uh, uh, Activision have uh, put a patent on uh, a matchmaking system designed to encourage microtransactions. Oh, wow! That, that's that's a, that's a literal headline that is that is welcome, something that we're reading at the moment. Welcome to the modern video game industry. Oh boy! So basically, oh, Joel, yeah. you know what? Before we move on, I just wanted to also bring up. I I completely forgot it. I, this was an important thing to pull from the visceral stuff. All and right. Probably why EA is scared and why AAA is in a disastrous position right now. It's basically a tweet from Zach Wilson, who was, he was part of visceral, obviously. Mm. And uh, he, there was a post on NeoGAF that brought this to my attention. And he basically outlined that Dead Space 2 cost $60 million to make. It mm. sold 4 million copies. And didn't break even just didn't make enough money back oh god and it Dead sounds Space like it was a great game such yep. a good game when he when he was asked why he basically responded briefly by saying because you've got to spend 60 million dollars marketing it and then you take huge hits from microsoft and sony and the retailers just sort of chipping away at the at the profit that they actually get from the game and it's making me wonder first of all how many how much of a cut these the, the platform holders and the retailers are taking from these developers and then making me wonder, man, can I just like, if I just buy it digitally, will that at least cut out the retailers cut and then maybe get the developers more money? Cause Oh, what a mess. It's a fucking nightmare. I, but I mean, I guess that's what leads to things like microtransactions. Cause that's an extra way for those companies to make money post launch. Um, it is. And then you get dead space three. Yeah. That was sort of the oh. beginning of the end, really, wasn't it? Like, it wasn't that good was... for Visceral, because then it was... Battle... Battlefield Hardline was after that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think that those microtransactions in Dead Space 3 were the beginning of, like, AAA starting to lose its grip, really. I I can't say with, gla- with great clarity, but I do know that that was a point where people were like, whoa, you basically just ruined how Dead Space plays... Yep. to make some money. Yep. Um, yeah. So that that that's the, the like one of the the the, the most noticeable tent poles of like, this is where things started getting pretty fucked up, and now we're in this giant fucking pit of despair when it comes to AAA titles, and it's oh boy. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's. I also want to say that I hope all, everyone at Visceral lands on their feet. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Absolutely. Because I that was they were a good studio. They were a fantastic studio. In a perfect studio. world, I don't I don't know if they can do it, but if they can sort of do what Ninja Fury did, mm. with, and do like sort of like Hellblade tier games, that would be great. Do the double. I don't know thing. if that'll happen. I just I just want Visceral to still exist because I'm sick of EA killing good studios. Yep. Yep. I lost lost Westwood to EA. I lost Pandemic to EA. 
Yep. Lost Maxis to EA. We're mm-hmm. probably going to... We've lost Visceral. If Anthem does badly next year, I Bioware's think we're going to lose gone. Bioware. Yeah, Bioware's gone. And that's insane. That is absolute insanity. Like, the pedigree yep. of that company... Like, oh, yeah. Re- regardless of what I've said about Mass Effect Andromeda aside, like... It's Bioware, man. Like, it's... They were, like, at the, like, the pinnacle of, like, gaming at one point. It was, like... Mass Effect 2 is is it. It's, like... It's phenomenal. When that came out, everyone was all about Bioware. I I mean, I I never played... I never played them either, but, like, like Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2, like, especially 2, like, insane. Uh, They didn't do 2. Oh, they didn't do 2, sorry. Uh, 2 was Obsidian, I'm pretty sure. They did the first Uh, one. Oh, right, yeah. But... Even still, like that was like a Star Wars RPG, like a sprawling RPG set yep. in the Star Wars universe. It's bizarre. Anyway, so I do have to wonder if Bioware's sweating pretty heavily right about now. I I don't doubt it. Oh boy. Anyway, I just wanted to. I forgot. I wanted to interject with that interesting little thing because when I saw it, I was like, "What Dead Space Two? Oh, it's a good game, though. Mm. It's a really good game." Fucking... Yeah, you need to realize that horror games are not going to make money. They're basically a game you put out for that niche market and they'll lap it up. And look, in this day and age... within two. In this day and age, it's for streamers. It's, yeah. it's content for them as well. Like, Sadly, that, yes, that is also true. That's what people want to watch. People play scary games. Um, but anyway. Uh, so yes, Activision have... Uh, apparently, they put a patent on uh, a, a method of... Uh, tuning matchmaking to boost microtransactions. So, basically, um, this is a report over on uh, Eurogamer, an article about this whole situation. Uh, and the pattern was first spotted by Glixel uh, in a report which uh, initially suggested the system could already be in use. Uh, Activision have responded and said that that is not the case. Um, but they said it was like that it was an exploratory patent field in... Uh, 2015 by a research and development team working independently from our game studios, uh, said a spokesperson from Activision. So basically, the way that the... Uh, to give you the rundown, the, the, sort of the cliff notes on how the, it would would have worked, um, is say... Uh, this is a quote from the article as well, and from from uh, from Glixel, I think. So it says, uh, for, yeah. for instance, uh, the microtransaction engine may match a more expert marquee player with a junior player to encourage the junior player to make game-related purchases of items possessed slash used by the marquee player. Uh, a junior player may wish to emulate the marquee player by obtaining weapons and or other items used by the marquee player. Uh, in a particular example, the junior player may wish to become an expert sniper in a game, uh, as determined by their player profile. Uh, the microtransactions engine may match the junior player with a player that is a highly skilled sniper in the game. In this manner, the junior player may then be encouraged to make game-related purchases, such as a rifle or other items used by the marquee player. This is like some fucking, like, stereotypical bad guy movie evil corporation shit. Like, I've seen, I've basically seen it referred to as as a really bad pyramid scheme yeah it is it's it's that's insane so as you said like this is a thing that isn't in place activision has said it's not in any of their games uh Uh, and also each from bungie came out to say it's not in destiny yep so it's not being used but the fact that they hold the patent for it oh man like this is a thing that could 
theoretically come into existence and how bad would that be? The, the, the fact alone, that, whether it's being used or not or whether it's going to be used, the fact that this was researched, the fact that this is a thing that they put money towards, like looking into, is bonkers. <laughs> it's just fucking insanity. And oh, I, I can't believe it's actually a thing that we're talking about in this day and age. But sadly it is. Yeah. Triple A games are really desperate to find ways to make that extra money back, and it's it's becoming increasingly apparent, especially over like the last couple of months. And it's crazy to me. Last couple of weeks, even like it's just last couple of weeks have been huge. It's been a shitstorm of like microtransactions and studios being shuttered, and just all this horrible, horrible stuff that's coming out. And I just I've had enough of it. I really have. I, and I'm I'm part of the problem. Don't get me wrong. I've bought for each event. I've bought at least ten loot boxes for Overwatch. And I know it's it shouldn't be a defense, and I shouldn't have to defend this, but it is cosmetic stuff. So it's I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I yeah, I don't mind giving Blizzard money to make more stuff, but am I encouraging Which is- this? Though, that's, that's the thing the I was going to say like which is fine for you but I mean again it's not me but if I if I say I was a bit more susceptible to like to really wanting something like really wanting one of those new skins like the and fucking Cthulhu Zenyatta said skin, mm, yeah. yeah like that and say you had that skin and I saw you in that skin and I really wanted it and I was like I'll just, I'll just buy some loot boxes to, to try and get it who knows maybe I'll get it maybe I won't like that's that could be seen as sort of linking into that, like yeah, it's true. I, I mean, and, and that's happened. The, you've been playing with me multiple times, like over the year, where like since the uh, Halloween last year, and people had the Junkenstein costume. I'm like, fucking, yep, I want that costume. I didn't get it. Fucking, oh, I'm so mad. So that's why I, I think I'm not gonna buy whole like loot boxes for this event. I think I might just stop. Might be done. <sighs> I want to be the better person, and I'm, I hate myself for saying this, but I really want that Zenyatta skin. But I'm, I'm probably not going to anyway, because um, there's only what a couple of weeks left of the event. Um, I'm just going to keep grinding yeah. away at them. That's that's, that's how I'm going to try for them. But and then I'll just honestly pick them up. What next makes year. it easier? Yeah, the knowledge it'll be back next year and it'll be cheaper. Yeah, yeah, because I've got enough. But- I've got enough currency. I've got like. Just under two, or maybe just over now, um, two thousand co- like credits. So I, I, it's possible for me to tr- uh, to get what I need to get to to three thousand, maybe. Um, but if I don't, I'm just going to buy the Junkenstein one. So at least I've got something out of it. Yeah. But yeah, this <sighs> this is like this is like borderline Black Mirror stuff. Like it's really fucking with me, and it. You saying that then, like about like you know you've seen people in the game like that you want that skin so you've gone and bought loot boxes. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. exactly what I did. That's exactly yep. what I did. I played exactly and into like, the game. I mean, obviously it, it wasn't using the system. It wasn't orchestrated where you would run into them. But like, like from now on going forward, I think in the back of my head, in any sort of like matchmaking game, I'll be wondering like, is it being is it is it, are they using it? Like, am I seeing that guy with that weapon because? because I want that weapon. Like, I don't know. Like, it's going to make it much more difficult to sort of... Again, like, that might 
be good. Maybe that means people will, will be more wise to this. I don't know. Like, it's so... If this was a thing that was actually implemented, though, that would be so dirty. Oh, my God. And, I mean, it doesn't stop there either. So that's about, like, you know, trying to force, like, people actually to buy these microtransactions. But then there's the flip side of it for the people who have bought it. Apparently, the the, uh, the microtransaction focus matchmaking could even be used to influence match outcomes to ensure players who paid money felt satisfied with their purchase. So now we're rigging games, essentially. Because that person has spent money on microtransactions to get better stuff. Like... And so you want them to make you want them to feel better so that down the track they'll spend more because they go, oh, last time I bought that gun and I started winning a lot more matches. So now this next gun that apparently is even better, I'm going to get that and I'm going to win so many more matches. That's just... Oh. Like... It's filthy, but as a business, I can understand why Activision researched this. For sure. But, but, yeah, absolutely. Oh, just like reading the like the wording on the patent and like looking at like there's a really messed up flow chart you can look at that sort of oh. outlines how like the flow would go. It just makes my skin crawl. And especially the fact, dirty. Like, it, the, the fact that it, it has all come out at this point in time as well, where... It's a bad time to come oh, out. <laughs> it's a really bad time. It'd be... Look, we'd be discussing this normally any other time of the year, but, oh boy, after these last couple of weeks, holy shit, this was a bad timing for this to come Triple out. Triple gaming is in a mess right now. Like, the last couple of weeks have been bad. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, like... I don't know I don't know how to save it. I can't fix AAA gaming. But... These third parties are getting pretty desperate for this extra money. Like, obviously, I think the first party guys and the second party teams that are being propped up by the first parties will be okay. Like, Naughty Dog will have no problem making predominantly single-player stuff. Nintendo's first party stuff will probably stay mostly single-player, like with Zelda. And Mario has, like, a little two-player assist, but nothing beyond that. But these third parties, like, their games are so expensive. They've got to go to multiple multiple platforms, and they need to make this extra money for marketing and retailers and platform holders and... You know what? If you're not using a proprietary engine, you've got to worry about all that stuff, and it, it yeah, it's crazy. Like, and they've got to like, I guess they're trying to find a solution for that. But this isn't the right way, I would no, say. This is I mean, not it. Yeah. Wow. Again, it, again, I, I feel like I've said it a lot. Should digress. Not being used according to Activision, so yeah. we're in the clear for now. But not being used. But like you said, it's just at the back of my mind now. I won't be able it to... It exists. I, I, I won't... It, it just reminds me that, that uh, Futurama, um, the Anthology of Interest episode, was the, you watched it, you can't unwatch it. It's like, I, I know this now. Yeah. I, I won't be able to stop thinking about it. In the back of my head, it's always going to be lingering there going, but are they using it now? It's going to fuck they? with me. Yeah. Are you sure they're not using it? And it's like, oh, I don't know. Like, Because like, here's the thing. If they do start using this, I... I don't think Activision will come out and be like, yes, we are using that matchmaking patent we researched a few years ago. Oh, uh, it's effective. Hell no. Yeah. No hell way. No. Is that, right? So, yeah. So, we don't know when it's going to, if it, it will ever be used. And if it is used, we don't know when to expect it. It's, oh. It's I, I, gross. This is gross. I, it's gross. At, at PAX, there's, a, there's a, a great debate about are microtransactions not necessarily a bad thing? And that panel was obviously planned and organized before all of this come out. 
I really want to go to that panel now. Yeah, I, it's I gonna wanted, feel very relevant. I wanted to go anyway because, like, it sounds it'd be an interesting topic of conversation. They're usually pretty funny as well, but holy shit, this is this is uh, this is next level stuff. It is the definition of a hot button topic right now? Oh like. yeah, big old hotake. Um, oh, disgusting. It's just it's disgusting. It's not good. Not good. Um. But yeah, so our, our our last story this week is um, also bad news. It uh, doesn't really affect either of us all that much, but it's still, you know, pretty sad nonetheless. Uh, there's a, an article over on uh, Eurogamer basically uh, entitled The Sad Slow Death of Lego Dimensions. Um, basically, the long and short of it is that they had a three-year plan going into this, um, and the stuff from that was announced for the year two stuff has been sort of stretched out very thinly that sort of reached into the third year now. So it's sort of, they're sort of masks that is their third year stuff, I guess. Um, and pretty much nothing else has been announced beyond that. Uh, there were a couple of things like, um, I, I believe there was, uh, they were working on technology that like a camera that you could build a like five by five square, anything in like a five by five square, um, out of Lego bricks and the camera would scan it and put it into the game. Um, apparently they had a working like prototype of that, that but was never approved for, for like going into production. Um, I mean, he's using that. Let's be honest here. Yeah, true. I, I guess, um, uh, it's an interesting concept though. Like, but you have to buy the camera. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I totally I uh, yeah, I know, but it's an interesting, cool thing. Like, it's like I wouldn't probably buy it myself, but if I had kids, it's like cool. We like imagine seeing your face. It's like this thing that I just had here physically now is like running around the world in in three D, and I'm able to control it. Like, I don't know. Um, they also had a whole bunch of other stuff as well that like um different packs and uh new characters and all this other stuff that was supposed to be planned for, like rumored to be planned for a year three release. Um, some more Doctor Who stuff, some more um, uh, stuff to do with the, like the main story quest stuff that, uh, I can't remember the name of the villain, uh, but the main villain that was voiced by Gary Oldman of all things. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently uh, there was supposed to be more stuff about him and him screwing with all the universes like he did in the first one, which is why everything got so mixed up. Um, yeah, so they've been pretty quiet at uh, Traveller's Tales about this whole thing. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're basically... Yeah, so at the end of this article it says, like, but the, with the release of, the Dimension, of Dimension's last update... TT Game Studio Manager Dave Dutson sent an email studio-wide to acknowledge the project's passing. Uh, thanks so much to everyone for making Dimensions possible. As difficult as it has been, it is worth celebrating the incredible achievement it represents in the quality of the game, the amazing blend of IPs, and the challenging technical demands it presented. Which is very true. Um, yeah. Like, um, that, that's no easy feat, like, trying to like get together all those different IPs and, and licenses and work them together into something that 
from what I hear, was kind of fun. Um, and it's pretty crazy. So, like, obviously, Warner Brothers haven't confirmed this yet. But, yeah. Uh, look, the way the way we so we lost Infinity mm-hmm. is Skylanders. Yeah, Skylanders is taking a break as well. Yeah. Like, it just makes sense that Lego Dimensions would also go away, right? Like, it's so. Of the toys to life, like, uh, different offerings, Amiibo is the only one that sort of stuck around. So I guess the thing with Amiibo, and I think the reason why it manages to survive still, it's not bound to a particular game, I guess. Like, Dimensions and Infinity and all that, like, you need an Infinity disc to use, or you need a Dimensions disc. But, like, an Amiibo, and granted, like... There's a very, very strong argument for Amiibo being pointless anyway. But oh, absolutely. I rarely like use them, just... but I buy them because yeah. they look cool. They're good quality, exactly. and I like them. Exactly. I think that's part of the reason why Amiibo have stuck around. Which because is... you can get these Nintendo, these little tiny Nintendo statues. They're pretty good quality. They're not yep. perfect, but they're also only about 20-ish bucks anyways. They're so... the same price as you pay for a pop vinyl, and they're way better than a pop vinyl. Yes. I'm sorry so if I anyone out there helps. listening likes pop vinyls, but I, I've had my time with them. I've bought a few of them because they, I sort of went through a phase, but now I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with them. But uh, you've seen the light of Nandroids or N- no, Nanodroids. Don't. No, I was showing someone at work those the other day. I really want those. I want that tracer. They're good. They're good. I want that tracer so badly. Um, but yeah, like. I was going to buy into Dimensions because it looked like fun and like having like all the Doctor Who stuff and all of like the Harry Potter or Fantastic Beast stuff and looked really cool and really fun and I could have played co-op with my wife and but yeah this is really well, that's the thing isn't it like because if nothing else we know that Traveller's Tale games like the Lego games are good they're really good yeah they are. They're solid. I mean, we've got a new one coming so, out soon. Um, which one is it? Uh, next, Lego Marvel Heroes Two. Oh yeah, out soon. Oh, geez, it's, it's hard to keep track. Yeah, Marvel, Lego Marvel Heroes was awesome. That was a really that was one of the the, the best ones that they released for it. I, I believe. Um, it was probably my second favorite. No, I know what your favorite was. It's because it's the best one. It's Lego Lord of the Rings and. It had Middle Earth, and it was open world, and I know they've done other ones since then, but man, just walking around Middle Earth, that was great. See, that's why I like, that's why I liked, that's why I liked the Lego Marvel ones, because the Marvel one, because it was like, oh cool, I'm on the shield, like, like, uh, hydro, like, quadcopter base, and I'm running around there, and there was the snakes on a plane joke there, it was really funny, um, because, because Nick Fury had had it up to here with those, those snakes on his helicarrier. It was pretty funny. Classic, classic humor. This was great. I loved it. Um, but yeah, I mean, because like, had Dimensions worked, I mean, that would have been like, it, it was a platform more than anything. Like, they could have not made those other sort of standalone games. They could have made Dimensions packs and like story packs and things like that for it and made that the, the thing that you would use to play. Um, Which in a way, I wouldn't have hated because the main reason I don't buy Lego games anymore is because they put out several a year and I just don't want to spend the money on them, honestly. Like, absolutely. It's just, there's a lot. 
and the plus side is, I mean, all, all you know, clutter and and things like that aside, but you got a cool little like like Lego set to go with it. So you got you, you imagine being a kid like and going like going to the store and getting like a new level level pack. Like not only do you get a cool little Lego thing to build, you get a new game essentially. So you get the best of both worlds. It's like fucking awesome. Um. But yeah, it's pretty, pretty sad news. Yeah, I, it's again. We could see Warner Brothers come out any time, any day now, and be like, "Yep, Lego Adventures is done." But I don't know. Right? Oh, fucking... it, it, this makes sense to me when I read this. Like, it sort of goes, "Well, yeah, I, I honestly, because I don't pay much attention to Lego Dimensions, I already had thought." It was ramping down. So. Yeah, well, and because I, I, I listen to a lot of, like, kind of funny stuff, and Greg Miller's a big fan of LEGO Dimensions, um, and he's been saying it for a while for a while now. He's been saying about the fact that they stretched out all that Year 2 stuff well into this year as well. So it was like, all right, we actually don't have anything in stone beyond this. Um, so I kind of expected it as well, but at the moment, I, like... If if I were Warner Brothers, I'd just sort of rip the bandit off now and do it while they're already the bad guy, because let's face it, they're not they're not sort of seeing entirely favourable at the moment. Shadow of War has not gone well for them. No, no, uh, and I know a lot of people who've played it because it's out now and and have said that you know it's not as bad as it has been made out to have been, but it shouldn't have been a conversation in the first place. I don't know, man. I I have heard bad things about that grindy road to the mm. to like the true ending. Right. Okay. Basically, from what I hear, is it has a lot of like high level sieges, and you need a lot of strong orcs for it. And obviously, you can go out and you can use the nemesis system to capture them, or you could just buy some loot boxes and get some strong orcs on that. I don't know. Like it's up to you, I guess. But. And that's the thing. I feel like in a game like this, where you, like a game like that, where you need to go out and get the orcs, the grind would really feel like a grind. Yeah, for sure. Again, I haven't played it, so I don't know. I will probably play it next year because it's a Middle Earth game, and I love Tolkien's worlds. Even though I know that they're not going to pay it much respect, but whatever. Sexy Shelob, sexy Shelob, sexy Shelob. The completely misleading idea that the way to beat Sauron. Ring of Power is to make a Ring of Power of your own, even if that completely misses the point of a message of Lord of the Rings. But whatever, <laughs> doesn't matter, right? It's fine. That game just makes me mad, Joel. It makes me so angry. Oh, we just added to the pile of things that's making us furious this week, Karen. It's Holy true. shit! We got, we've like we got, we got feel good questions coming up. We do, we do. Which, um, but yeah. So, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll keep our ears to the ground. I, I'll be sort of keeping an eye out about Lego Dimension stuff because I'm sort of vaguely interested in that kind of shit. But um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if within the next six to twelve months we get an official statement of them saying, "It's it. We're done. Thanks very much, everyone, and see you next time." <laughs> if there is a next time. Well, yeah. All right. Now we've got all that negativity out of the way. Oh boy. I feel like relaxing and like with some nice, jolly, fun questions, which luckily we have a couple of this week from some of our listeners. Um, First up, we got a question from Brod. Brod, one of the hosts of the Hunting Seasons podcast. Um, It's a great podcast where uh, Brod and his friend, our friend as well, Damask, uh, 
tackle a television series one season at a time and really break down, get into the really into the weeds about um, like everything about them season by season. And it's really, really interesting. They know their stuff. They are very, very good at what they do. Um, and I cannot recommend them enough. If you if you like TV or pop culture TV and things like that as well, it, they're definitely worth a listen. Um, definitely give me some things to think about, about uh, like shows that I like and, and things and, and different perspectives on things. Um, they're currently doing Freaks and Geeks, uh, which I fucking love that show. I think I've watched because that. Oh, it's just so fantastic. I've, I think I've watched it like three or four times over. It's just such a great show. Um, and like the beginning of the career of like so many, so many people like on screen and off, like it's just bonkers. Um, if you haven't watched Freaks and Geeks, go and watch it. And then afterwards, go and listen to Hunting Seasons podcast about it. Uh, but Brod asks us, back before, the, back before DLC and pay to win microtransactions, <laughs> games had cheat codes. Uh, what are your favourite cheat codes and codes from the uh, cheats and codes from the good old days? Um, well, I mean, you can't go past. I mean, there's like you know, like the cheat code that you think of when every time you think of cheat codes, which is the Konami code. Konami code is timeless. Yeah, which like anyone can like rattle off off by heart, pretty much. It's like, you know. It's it's synonymous with video games. If you play video games and like uh, like you know that's your that's your thing, you know the Konami card Konami code off by heart, which is um it's pretty cool. It's sort of like its own little legend now. Um, yeah, it's it's been almost like there's been also plenty of websites that have sort of incorporated it as well for fun. Yeah, Konami, ca- Konami code is immortal. It'll live forever with oh, those thirty extra lives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, some of the other ones that popped into my head is uh, like anything from Doom. <laughs> yeah, I did KFA so, for all the ammo. Yeah, I did QD. QD for God mode. Yep. Uh, ID no clip as well. Yep, to go through the walls. Oh, yep. is it clip? Is it ID clip. clip or ID no clip? It's ID clip to turn like the clipping no, maybe no clip to turn it off and then clip to turn it back on again because you have to, like, toggle it on and off. Oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, so it's one or the other. Um, there's another one as well, I feel. For Doom? Yeah. I feel like there's another one for Doom, but I can't remember. Um, and then there's, there's... There's so many. Yeah. So, I mean, those are always classic ones as well. Uh, then you think of, like... I can't remember the exact ones off the top of my head. I think Rosebud's one of them for, like, The Sims. Um, oh, what? Oh, damn it! Yeah, the Sims. I think I think Rosebud is one of them. What was the um, one? In the, se- the second one? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember now. Oh, um, but but one I always will always always remember yep. is um, Age of Empires. That's where I was going next. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was where I was leading it. I was like, yeah, the Sims. I oh, yep, Age of Empires. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. Little, have a little. The car. The little Corvettes, yeah. Oh, the code, so if you're wondering, Joel, is uh, how do you turn this on? That's right. <laughs> and that's so what I love good. about, like, cheat codes. They always had, like, like the ones that we had to type stuff. As always, they had, like, little fun, like, messages in them sometimes, which was cool. Um, yeah. Even even the ones that had, like, really obscure ones, like, I'm specifically thinking of GoldenEye. GoldenEye's oh, yeah. cheat codes, like... Um, tiny bond mode and paintball mode, big head mode, 
Big Head is a classic one for like those. DK, yeah. yeah, DK mode. Oh, so good. Oh, I love it. Uh, paintball mode was always fun too. Paintball mode is a good time. So colourful. Just paint that stage. Oh, yeah. The, the original like... Splatoon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's where the idea came from. Um, I had some other ones as well. I can't, can't remember them. The uh, there's the mind. classic Justin Bailey from the original Metroid. Ah, yes. If you go into the password screen and enter the name Justin Bailey, you will start with six energy containers, 255 missiles, wave beam, Kraid and Ridley will be defeated, and Samus will be in a zero suit, but it'll be a special colored zero suit. That's right. Basically ready to go finish the game, fully powered up. Yep. Um, there's also uh, a Metal Gear Solid 3, so it's not essentially like a cheat code, but like there's the whole thing of um, in the boss fight with the end. When you basically enter the room, you could save there and then turn your PlayStation 2 off and go into the settings and change the set the, the, the internal clock like three or four years in the future. And if you come back, you find out that the, the end has died of old age. Um, Perfect. Which is fucking great. You can also snipe him as well as he's being wheeled away in his wheelchair. Um, yeah, you'll get, I think you get a game over screen for that one. Yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, you can also mess with him by eating his parrot. Oh, that's right. You can too, yeah. And, and it makes everyone really mad at you. <laughs> oh. But yeah, that's a good one. I'm trying to think of some other ones. I also really like the cheat codes in Banjo Kazooie just because you had to like use the actual keyboard to enter them, like in that right. game keyboard. And do you know what that always reminded me of? Reminded me of What's Amazing. That? Oh man, I miss Amazing. Right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know for sure. I'm gonna quickly. I'm quickly googling something, Joel. I'm wondering if there was any good cheats for Conker's Bad Fur Day. Oh, because surely. There is. There are cheats for it. And they are, they're, they're typing ones. So, uh, hang on. Go back to the list. Why would I want to look at that? Jesus Christ. So, some some examples are... If you type in Easter eggs are Rush, you can play as Neo Conquer in multiplayer. <laughs> Rusty Sheriff's Badge lets you play as Sergeant and Teddy Leader in multiplayer. I... I miss cheat codes, Joel. Oh, yep. Any GTA game where you could just spawn tanks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's like a staple. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And there's also uh. Oh, what's the other one I was thinking of? Um. Fuck. I was just looking at it. Oh uh, no, I've lost it. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Uh, oh no. Um. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. There was like a zombies mode where it turns all the enemies oh, into zombies. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. I like that one too. Uh, yeah, no, I miss cheat codes as well. They were a good time. Especially like having like the game manual where you like write them down in the back of the game manual in the notes section. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then like, go, I remember like I have memories of like going to like the school library and printing off cheat codes from the internet there and taking them home and using them in the games at home. I also have memories of like renting a game and someone has written the cheat codes in the manual for, for oh, like, people yeah. to rent it. Like, what a what a hero that person was. Yeah. They are they are they're the hero we, we did not deserve. <laughs> um but yeah, that, that's, that's I think that's about all that I can come up with. Yeah, like I'm sure there's heaps that I'm not thinking of, but Oh for sure. There's the so ones many. that always come to mind is like yeah, the Konami code, the Justin Bailey one for Metroid, Doom, yep. Goldeneye. All those sort of ones. 
Yep, yep. Um, they were sort of like, you know, I, I guess like cheat codes have sort of been replaced by Easter eggs now. The same, yeah, they, the same sort of like uh, weight to them as well, but yeah. But where's my paintball mode, Joel? Yeah, you got Splatoon. It's true, I do have Splatoon. The whole game where's paintball my, mode. Where's my DK mode with big heads? Imagine if they put DK mode in fucking Splatoon. That'd be hilarious. Oh, that'd it. be great. Get get Nintendo on the horn. <laughs> fucking ring them up. Let's get it. Let's get it happening. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that was a good question, bro. Thank you very much for your for your question. Definitely. I feel better now. The, I feel. Uh, I, feel, I, feel I feel much better now. Yeah. Uh, let's let's keep that good jolly vibe going. Uh, with our last question to, this week from our good friend, the one, the only, Sean Kirkpatrick. The legend himself. Um, Let the legend come back to life. Exactly, yeah, you know. He lives on. Um, So, yeah, if you don't know, Sean designed all our amazing, wonderful uh, design work for all our social media stuff and our website and things. So he's just a fucking rad dude who's helped us out a lot. We are going to have you on the show soon, Sean. I promise it is in the works. It's going to happen. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you want to check out his stuff, go and check out uh, Sean Kirkpatrick Designs au. I'm pretty sure I got that right. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've said it, and I'm like, I was confident should... at first, and then I was like... It sounds like you need to like write it down on a sticky note and stick it to your laptop. I should, shouldn't I? Just so I you can just, remember. Yeah. Just so you can be 100% confident that you got it. Yeah. No, I'm, pre- I'm fairly certain I'll get that right. Anyway, Sean asks us this week, when was the last time that a game was critically acclaimed, that was critically acclaimed, just didn't do it for you? Similarly, similarly, ugh, oh, wow, I can't say that word. When was the last time a game that was critically panned got your giblets all in a jumble? He says in parentheses, that's good. That means good. I'm, I'm glad he clarified. Yeah, yeah, he clarified for us. That's good. Um... So, uh, I said at the start of the episode, uh, I haven't finished it yet, but I feel like I'm not connecting with Pyre as much as I thought I would. Um, it's just not hitting the spot for me, which is a shame. Um, and I, I mean, who knows? I could, it could, I could get turned around. I just feel like the, the way that the, that the story is presented, which is just a visual novel, but it's very... The text is very heavy, and it's very like they're they're definitely going for that like a a really like big world building sort of uh, vibe and using a lot of like text to describe things and and I'm just making it sound like I'm like I just want him to fucking just tell me the story like I sound like an idiot but and maybe I am but that's how I'm feeling about it at the moment um, and like the gameplay is really fun and it's it, visually it's stunning I love looking at it I love listening to it. The, the music is amazing. Um, but yeah, I'm just not having that connection to it that I thought I would after hearing people that I usually agree with on things talk about it. So that's probably the one for me that uh, uh, that's uh, with a game that's been critically acclaimed that I haven't really connected with. Um, yeah, I still haven't booted up Pi yet, as I said earlier. Like, I'm very interested to get into it like mm-hmm. after, after hearing your opinions on it and everyone else who's liked it, I'm really curious to get into it, 
when I get a chance. <laughs> For sure. I know I'm definitely in the minority um, by saying that. And I, like I said, I feel like I'm close to finishing it, but um, I just sort of hit a point that sort of there was some interesting stuff. I'm like, okay, all right, this is kind of cool. But at that point, I'm still... I think I'm not beyond caring, but like I'm sort of close to it. I'm like, and I hate to say that because I want to, I want to be invested, but I'm just, I'm just not invested yet. So, um, yeah. What about you, Karen? Is there anything that, uh, that everyone sort of loved that you really haven't really gelled with? Uh, well, much like you, my game, but mm-hmm. immediately came to mind as a game from 2017. Uh huh. And it is Horizon Zero Dawn. Fair enough. Uh, it's a it's a game that I will acknowledge is gorgeous, and yes. when I play it, it's it plays well. But I just never it never got its hooks into me. I don't know right. why that is because again, like everything about the game, I should love because I love I love the idea of hunting down robot dinosaurs with just a bow. Yeah, that's great. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm- like something about it just never really hooked me. Granted, I didn't finish it. I think I only got like halfway through. But more often than not, I'd find myself fighting the bigger ones and it was just really annoying to juggle the game's systems. Like, I feel like that game could have been... Like, the controls could have been better. Right. But yeah, okay. like, I just never got into it and the story never really got my attention. Yep. And I sort no. of dropped off and never went back. That's totally fair. I mean, like, I, I hit that point in the story where I was, I was sort of like kind of invested. I was invested enough where I'm like, okay, I'm on a very like basic level. But then I hit a point where I started finding out about what had happened. And that's when I was like, Oh, okay. All right. I'm listening. And I thought that was really interesting from then on in. And I was sort of a lot more invested than I previously was. Um, I I thought the I thought the game controlled fine, um, but I could see I could definitely see your point of of that there was a lot to manage at certain points in terms of like different types of ammo and things as well. Um, well, especially when sometimes you were just wrestling with the camera when you were zooming, like trying to scope in, and it would slow mo, and like sometimes you'd get a rock in front of you or a bush, and you wouldn't be able to see what you're actually shooting at, and it was just frustrating sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Plus, I know the game is a ranged combat game, but you did have a melee weapon, and it sucked. Oh, I 100% agree with you on that. The melee weapon stuff was garbage. Um, but when we inevitably get Horizon Zero 1, I don't know what they'll <laughs> call it. I don't know what the naming title, the naming conventions will be for it, but um, it might even just be like Horizon. I don't know. Who knows? But when we get like the sequel to that game, I think that those will be all the things I'll fine-tune and tweak and uh, really sort of fix up. I would like to think so anyway. Um, but yeah, what about a game that, uh, that that was sort of critically panned or maybe didn't review as well that you sort of fight the good fight for? Well, I do some digging for this, Joel. Yeah, so did I, actually. And it's... I don't. I don't want to sound cocky. I don't want to sound that like. But basically, I like. I think that most of the games I play review okay. And if a game I play has also reviewed poorly, I generally tend to agree. Right. Um. So like, I sort of. You were doing it as well. We but we had basically a little bit of time at the start of a pod before we started recording. Where we just had a bit of a dig through Open Critic. Yep. Um. 
and I was searching through, just checking like some of the lower scores to see like, oh, what's a game in this list? I sort of, it didn't do great, but I enjoyed it more than the reviews make it sound like it's like as far as its quality goes. The closest I could get was Fatal Frame, made him of the Black Water for the Wii U. Ah, right. Yeah, like it's not perfect. It <laughs> it also was not the best Fatal Frame game. Right. But I just, I sort of really dug it. Again, maybe it was just because I was in the mindset where I wanted a horror game like that. Like it was creepy. Japanese horror has always been my shtick and using the, the Wii U gamepad as like the camera obscura was sort of interesting. It wasn't mm-hmm. again, it wasn't perfect, but no. I enjoyed it a lot. Cool. But yeah, like again, like it was just it was actually sort of hard to find something that didn't score too well. Especially like if you were looking at like games from 2017, like yeah, well, that's the thing as well. Like I had to kind of go back for it because 2017 yeah. has been just home runs almost constantly. Exactly, yeah. And then the ones that weren't home runs were not home runs for obvious reasons. So yeah, um, but yeah, uh, for for me, I I was looking back through and I didn't realize it was it didn't review poorly, but it was very like average. Um, and I feel like that's why it sort of flew under the radar for a lot of people, including myself, until I actually picked it up. But Mad Max uh, by Avalanche Studios, and holy shit, I will fight the good fight to the ends of the earth for Mad Max, to the ends of the, the you know, post-apocalypse. Um, I had so much fun with that game. I So much fun with that game, and so did my wife. Like We were both playing it consistently for... A, a good maybe like four potentially five weeks like i was heavily invested in that um and i i loved i loved the driving i loved the car combat i loved the 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 batman combat was just batman combat but it was fun and i still really liked it um i liked exploring that world it was very pretty to look at um and yeah it was like that it was just a great great experience of a game and i i will go always going to bat for mad max 100 do you think do you think it was maybe hurt by the fact that it came out only like three months before just cause three potentially um and i think because i don't know it didn't come out at the same time as as fury road i think if it had come out around fury road maybe Maybe, because Fury Road was one of those sort of movies that started slow at the box office, didn't it? That's true, yeah. I can't remember when... Because, uh, research. Mad Max came out in September of 2015. Okay, when did... Uh, what, Fury Road Just or called... the game? Oh, the game. Let's... I think Fury Road was earlier in the year. Let's have a look. Yeah. 14th of May in Australia. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, um... I don't know. I think it was just... I could kind of see why people might not have enjoyed it, but I think it did enough stuff differently and did it well that I I really, really enjoyed that game. And, I mean, it's you can always get it really cheap, so if you're curious about it, you should definitely check it out. I, I love it. Like, even thinking about it now, I'm like, man, I could actually go back and play that again. I really could. I had so From much fun with finish? it. Pardon? Just like a little trip back or like a full run through? 
I don't know. I think once I'd start, maybe I could probably go through it again. Yeah, I don't have time to, but like if yeah, I did... So there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out. If I had time, like I, it'd be definitely a game that I would like to revisit. Just it's so good. Um, criminally underrated, in my opinion. Uh, what about you, Karen? Anything? Oh, it's it's honestly just Fatal Frame. Just the Fatal Frame? Yeah. yeah I, I can't think of anything else really that was like... Because I, I went looking, Joel. I went looking for games that I was playing. Like, even when I was playing them, I'm like, oh, this is fun, but I could see why people wouldn't like it. And right. I would check for review scores. I'm like, oh, it did okay. All right. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that I... I don't know. Like, that's like, the closest I'm, I could find. Like, I'm, I'm sure... I'm, I've, I'm happy for them, but it doesn't help me in my current situation where I'm trying to find yeah. some content for my podcast. I'm sure if I... like. You could really point at most survival horror games probably and be like, well, that wasn't very good, but I still enjoyed it because they are a very specific sort of game not yeah. for everyone. And they're usually a game that will generally try and take risks on doing things differently, which is... And yeah, generally they'll polarize the audience. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, oh. But yeah, thank you, Sean. That was a good question as well. we end out on some, uh, on some good vibes there. I needed that. I really did. Yeah, definitely. Oh, <laughs> it, it was a I, heavy podcast this week. I'm just thinking back on it. I got real heated about that Star Wars stuff. Oh, oh boy. Um, but I reckon that's a good place for us to uh, wrap this bad boy up, Karen. What do you reckon? I think, I think that sounds good. Before I do want to preface our, our close up by saying, hey, hopefully it wasn't too ranty or too like all over the place this week, but a couple of these topics were just, I was, I've been, when that visceral news broke like a couple of days ago, I was, I've been mad since then, like continuously. I've just, been, just mad. I've been sort of, I, I, I was mad about when I found out about it, but the more I've thought about it and it just culminated tonight with us actually like really going in deep and talking about it. That's when I was just like, this is fucking ridiculous, but yeah. Because that's the thing, like, because up until now, I've basically been thinking it all in my head going, oh, I can't believe EA did that to Visceral. And, like, their justifications are so ridiculous. And then, like, when you're saying it to someone else and they speak back to you, you're like, yeah, this is really stupid. And yep. then you just sort of tumble down from there. Yeah, yeah we it's, sort of... It's so we frustrating. Fell, we fell into that uh, well of despair then. It was, um... EA has oh done boy. it again. Oh, boy. Um, all right. But I reckon it's time to wrap this one up. Yeah. All right. Well, take us home. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you've reached this point of a podcast, we do appreciate it because it means you've listened to us talk about video games, and particularly this week, it has not been easy. <laughs> um, yeah. If if you want to keep up with us on the social medias, you can find us on Facebook. If you just search for dialogue options, will pop up. You can you can follow us on Twitter, where we are at dialogue options. You can send us an email over to dialogueoptions at gmail uh, and also, like, whatever podcast platform of choice you listen to, it always helps to maybe chuck us a cheeky little review, share us around a bit, chuck some hashtags on there, why not? Could help yeah. us out. That would be pretty fantastic. Speaking of hashtags, uh, you should also check out the AGPN hashtag. Yes. The Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Plenty Especially of awesome... Heading... Yeah. Going into packs? Yeah. For sure. Like, plenty of plenty of amazing content, amazing people out there. Um, there's going to be a panel at PAX as well called, uh, AGPN party mode. Um, it's going to be like a, uh, Pez, the, our like, fearless leader of the, uh, the AGPN, he's described it as kind of like 
the spiritual successor to amazing. I think that's what he's trying to like hype it up as. And I'm I'm hyped for it, 100%. So uh, it's at 4.30 on Saturday at the Wombat Theatre, I think, off the top of my head. So definitely yes. get along to see that. Um, you'll see some of our friends up there as well, uh, including some of the guys from OK Games. I'm very excited for that. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun time. It's gonna be a real fun time. I'm really excited to 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 go to that panel and also to catch up with some of these guys. Um, so it's gonna be a good weekend, Joel, and I wish it was mm-hmm. right now, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's not. It's not. <laughs> um, likewise, if you're at PAX, come and see us. Come and find us. If you see us on the show floor, come and say hi because we'd really like that. We don't bite. We're probably just as socially awkward as you are, so that's totally cool. We can be like. We can have like an awkward hover hand photo or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to supply that. I'm willing to supply that. You uh, you are willing to bring the hover hands? Oh, I'll bring them. I'll bring them in thick and fast. Anyway. Um, uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, additionally, if you want to follow our individual accounts, you can find me on Twitter at LemonManX, where mostly I've been being angry about EA. Mm-hmm. And also... Just again, sinking the realization that Mario Odyssey is next week. Oh boy! Uh, oh boy! And yeah, right. Oh boy is the right thing to say there. And yeah, where can I find you, Joel? Uh, you can find me at Jolly Mac. Uh, where the last thing that I retweeted was from Paul Verhoeven from Twenty Eight Plays Later. Oh, <laughs> and is this the thing that I retweeted? Yeah, it, like the the oh. the dancing like yeah. boomerang it's just uh it just says you have been visited by aggressively erotic dancing me rt to bless others and then dancing emoji and it is just the fucking best boomerang i've ever seen in my life and i could I watch blessed, it on repeat i bless my timeline with it oh i recommend you all do the same i'm literally looking at it right now it's mesmerizing like i can't stop looking at it it makes me so fucking happy <laughs> it's that's because so paul verhoeven is mesmerizing that's very true yeah He's a very mesmerizing man. Um, looking forward to maybe saying hi to him again this year as well at PAX. Um, I'll be checking out the panel is on for the Twin Peaks video game thing. Ah, oh, cool. I thought you were going to say, well, I'm going to go to the 28 plays. Oh, yeah. Live, for sure. I, was, I think I think that's just before the AGPN one, maybe. I don't remember. I think it might be. Yeah, it's after, I, I may think. have to consult the guidebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's after, actually. But yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's around there, and I will definitely be there for that as well. Karen, I stuff. can't stop watching it. I, honestly, it's still... I, it's on my phone right now as well. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Paul Verhoeven is, is with us in... In looping boomerang form. Oh god, it's it makes me so happy. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, as always, we'll let our wonderful theme song by Azure Flux strike, which is "Get Bitches Take Us Out," <sighs> and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. See ya. <laughs>